Welcome to the Skeptic's Guide to Emergency Medicine. Meet him, greet him, treat him, and street him. Today's date is June 20th, 2018, and I am your skeptical host, Ken Mill. The title of today's podcast is Battlefield Acupuncture. Don't do me like that for pain control in the emergency department. And our guest skeptic is Dr. Bob Edmonds. Bob is an emergency physician in the U.S. Air Force in Virginia. This is Bob's seventh, yes, lucky number seventh visit to the SGEM, and his first since returning home from deployment. Welcome back to the SGEM, Bob. I'm sure it's great to be recording this in something other than a small metal box. Yes, Ken, it's been great to be back, and also to not have a uh, gun on you at all times while seeing patients. That was a little bit weird. I'm just really happy that you got back safely, and of course, thank you for your service. But tell me, don't you have a disclaimer that you have to give? Yep. The views and opinions of this podcast do not represent the United States government or the U.S. Air Force. Sir. Yes, sir. Well, we got that out of the way. Let's talk theme music, though, because we went back and forth on theme music, and you made some suggestion from a movie or something? Yeah, it's from Major Pain uh, to show you a trick to take your mind off that pain, since this is a painful stimulus to try to remove people's perception of their chronic pain. Maybe we'll throw up a YouTube link of that little clip that you wanted to play. But instead, we picked an awesome Tom Petty song. And this is a bit of a shout out to Chris Carpenter because he's a huge Tom Petty fan. But enough banter. Let's get to a case. Sure. A 48-year-old male presents to your emergency department with seven hours of gradual onset lower back pain that feels identical to prior flares of his chronic back pain. He's been previously worked up by his primary physician and found to not have a concerning cause of his pain. During your encounter, he asks if there's anything he can do for his pain that won't make him drowsy. Well, you know that lower back pain is one of the most common emergency department complaints, comprising approximately 2.6 million visits a year in the U.S. Opioids are frequently used in the emergency department to treat pain, and emergency department physicians are among the most frequent prescribers of opioids. Given the opioid crisis, there's great demand for other methods of treatment for back pain and other painful conditions. One such alternative under recent investigation is battlefield acupuncture, or BFA, where five semi-permanent ASP needles are inserted into auricular acupuncture points. Proponents of battlefield acupuncture cite the relative safety of the technique in comparison with opioids. The needles may be left inserted for several days and patients may engage in their regular activities, removing the needles at any time if they choose by grasping the end of the needle and lightly pulling. Acupuncture has been covered on three different episodes of the SGEM. The first time was with Dr. Al Sacchetti. This reviewed a study of acupuncture compared to pharmacologic treatment for the treatment of pain in the ED. Yeah, that was SGEM number 187, and the conclusion was there was no high-quality evidence that acupuncture works for patients presenting to the emergency department with back pain, ankle sprains, or migraines. Al was brought back for a second time looking at using electroacupuncture for migraine prophylaxis. Yeah, that was SGEM 211, and that one had a conclusion that the study did not provide any evidence of the efficacy of acupuncture to prevent the reoccurrence of migraine headaches in patients without aura. The most recent time was looking at acupuncture versus morphine for renal colic. SGM 220, and that conclusion was, the trial does not support the claim that acupuncture works or is superior to morphine for adult patients presenting to the emergency department. What's the clinical question we're trying to answer today, Bob? 
Can patients with low back pain be effectively treated with battlefield acupuncture in the emergency department? And the reference? It's by Fox et al. Battlefield acupuncture to treat low back pain in the emergency department from the American Journal of Emergency Medicine, 2018. Let's run through the PICO. What was their population? Patients over 18 years old with a chief complaint of low back pain. And describe the intervention. So there was standard care plus battlefield acupuncture, which again is placement of ASP indwelling semi-permanent needles in up to five pre-specified points in the ear, uh, corresponding with established auricular acupuncture points. This was according to the protocol in the U.S. Air Force Acupuncture Center's Battlefield Acupuncture Protocol Book. And what did they compare it to? Standard care by itself. Let's run through the outcomes. What were their primary outcomes? The first primary outcome was the timed get-up-and-go test, and the second primary outcome was numeric rating scale for back pain. How about secondary outcomes? Numeric rating scale for pain rating to the leg, range of motion of the lumbar spine, length of stay, medications before and after the visit, and safety outcomes, including if the placement of the needles was too painful to tolerate. So the author's conclusions were, quote, this pilot study demonstrates that BFA is feasible as a therapy for low back pain in the emergency department. Furthermore, our data suggests that BFA may be efficacious to improve low back pain symptoms and thus further efficacy studies are warranted, end of quote. All right, let's go through the quality checklist for randomized clinical trials. First question, was this study population emergency department patients? Yeah. Were they adequately randomized? Yes. Was the randomization process concealed? Yes. The randomization was performed by placing group allocation into opaque, unmarked envelopes, which conceal group assignment. The envelopes were then shuffled to generate random sequence. The patients, were they analyzed in the groups to which they were randomized? No. They were not able to perform an intention to treat analysis on patients that left prior to the final assessment. Were they recruited consecutively, i.e. no selection bias? No. Acupuncture was available in limited hours. The patients in both groups, were they similar with respect to prognostic factors? Yeah. How about the blinding? Were all participants, the patients, the clinicians, the outcome assessors, were they unaware of group allocation? No. The patients, clinicians, and research assessants, none of them were blinded, and the authors say this was not possible. Were all groups treated equally except for the intervention? Yes. Now, you sort of alluded to it earlier. How was the follow-up? Was it complete? No. Although only one out of 15 patients in the treatment group dropped out prior to final analysis, four out of 15 patients, that's 27% of the patients in the control group, they dropped out prior to final analysis. Yeah, and we usually like to see at least 80% for both groups, but I got a good tip from a fellow EBMer, and that's Dr. Heather Murray at a Queen's University. And she used to always say, well, she'd like to see the dropout rate less than the effect size. And so if the effect size is smaller than the dropout rate, she gets a little worried. Question number 10, what about all patient important outcomes? Were they considered? Yeah. And was the treatment effect large enough and precise enough to be clinically significant? No. This is a pilot study, and the authors comment on how it's underpowered to definitively detect clinical outcomes. Yeah, they enrolled 30 patients, and 25 were available for their analysis. What was their key result? There was no difference in get-up-and-go tests, but there was a decrease in pain scale at one hour. All right, let's drill down into the primary outcomes a little bit more. 
So the time to get up and go test, there was no difference. It was around 20 seconds for treatment and control. The p-value is 0.33. For the numeric rating scale for back pain, the treatment group was 5.2 versus the control group was 6.9. So about 17 millimeters difference. And they did have a p-value of 0.04, which makes it statistically significant. And we'll talk about that more in the nerdy section. All right, let's run through the secondary outcomes. Uh, numeric rating scale for pain radiating to the leg. There's no difference. How about the range of motion of the lumbar spine? Uh, also no difference. Length of stay? So this is mentioned to be not significantly different, but there's no data given. How about medications before and after the visit? So for before, opioids were given in two out of the 15 treatment patients and four out of the 15 control. And for after, uh, opioids are given in seven out of the 15 patients in the treatment and seven out of 15 in control. So pretty similar for after. How about safety outcomes? So two treatment patients complained of discomfort at the needle insertion site, but there were no reported serious adverse events from acupuncture. Okay, that covers the results. Bob, talk nerdy to me. So p-values in power. This study did detect a statistically significant difference in the treatment versus control groups. However, the authors comment on how the study lacks significant power to definitively detect clinical outcomes. Given the small number of patients in the study and the fairly high dropout rate in the control group, single patients had a large effect on the findings and caution should be applied to the p-value. Just because the difference in two groups is less than 0.05 doesn't mean it's infallible. The second nerdy point we wanted to talk about was outcomes. They had two primary outcomes, the get up and go test and pain. And that always bothers me because, Bob, you know, there can be only one primary outcome. So this got me curious. So I went and checked out their a priori primary and secondary outcomes on clinicaltrials.gov. And I was upset. Their original primary outcome was primary. There was not two. There was only one primary outcome. And that was the get up and go test. And to remind everybody, this was negative. No difference. Pain on the numeric rating scale was not listed as a primary outcome, but rather listed as one of their secondary outcomes. And the difference in the numeric rating scale showed a small statistical difference of 1.7. And we know the difference needs to be greater than 1.3 to be clinically significant. But this was an unblinded trial. There was no sham group. So we should expect a strong placebo effect. This only became a primary outcome when the study was published. No explanation was given on why the change. Perhaps it was decided post hoc after the data was reviewed. The original primary outcome of the get up and go test was negative. But one of the secondary outcomes was statistically positive, so it seems that it was elevated to be a co-primary outcome. And just a note, the length of stay, medication administered, and adverse events were also added later as secondary outcomes. The third point is bias. The lack of blinding in this trial introduces bias that would favor the acupuncture group in the form of a placebo effect. There could also be selection bias because these were not consecutive patients. The acupuncture was available during limited hours per the authors, but this is not further described. They do acknowledge both selection bias and lack of blinding in their limitation section, but these are pretty relevant. All right, for the fourth nerdy point, it's going to take both of us because this is a big 
beefy point. And we're going to be talking about fallacies and evidence. Acupuncture has been used to treat pain for thousands of years. Yes, it has. But this is a fallacial argument and appeal to antiquity. Just because something has been around for a long time does not mean that it works. Ear acupuncture has not been around for thousands of years, but dates back less than 100. It was in 1957 when a French physician, Dr. Paul Nogier, created an ear acupuncture map. Another logical fallacy is the argument from popularity. Just because battlefield acupuncture has been taught to military physicians and is widely implemented does not mean that it works. A third fallacy is an appeal to emotion. They justify the study due to wounded soldiers and the opioid epidemic. This is another fallacious argument. Anecdotally, when I was actually at one of the areas near the battlefield, I did not see this ever used in the emergency department, and we preferred other methods. Well, there's also a lack of good evidence of efficacy. When you read the manuscript, they claim in their introduction, ear acupuncture has positive results for treating pain in a variety of settings. So, of course, me, being the skeptic, pulled the actual articles. Because when you pull the references, you find they're not very enthusiastic endorsements of ear acupuncture. The evidence they cite for positive results is a systematic review meta-analysis of 10 studies five without a sham group and therefore not blinded, which showed a small mean difference of statistical efficacy. And the authors were not too sure of the results and concluded that ear acupuncture may, and you know that we can insert may not in there, be a promising modality and state that rigorous research is needed to establish definitive evidence of clinical significance. Their weak evidence dampened their enthusiasm for the treatment. Specifically, their evidence for efficacy in the ED is very weak. A case series of four patients, again non-blinded, concluded a potential use for ear acupuncture. The second was a pilot study, unblinded as well, showing a 23% reduction in pain compared to control at ED discharge, but no difference at 24 hours. This most likely represents a placebo effect. I have to tell you, uh, Bob, my son did his eighth grade science fair project a few years ago, and it was on the placebo effect, and he actually won the bronze medal for the Canadian-wide competition. And in this study, this science fair project that he did, he used placebo bands with holograms on them that looked like the popular power balance bands that people were wearing at the time. And we told his classmates about this powerful effect that these bands could have and how expensive they were. And then he had his classmates rate on a number of subjective outcomes on things like energy, balance, strength, and all on a numeric scale. Now, the students were warned that this might be so powerful and give them so much energy that it could make it difficult to sleep or cause insomnia. And because this was a school project, we didn't want to interfere with school. And so they should take the bands off at nighttime. The results, they reported an average of 23% improvement across the board, except for sleep. That didn't change. So the fifth nerdy point is, how long does it take? One of their outcomes mentioned was length of stay in the ER that they said was not different between groups, but they didn't provide any data. An important aspect is also, how long does it take to perform the procedure? That could affect the flow of other patients through the ER. Did that impact length of stay of other patients in the department? The flip side of that is that since it does not demonstrate efficacy beyond a placebo effect, then it doesn't matter if it takes very little time. 
Well, that covers five nerdy points, and now we're going to comment on the author's conclusions and compare them to the SGEM's conclusions. And I'm going to take this one, Bob, because we disagree with the author's conclusions and do not believe further efficacy studies are warranted. But how about a bottom line? Based on this study, battlefield acupuncture cannot be recommended to treat pain in the emergency department. What about a case resolution? So you discuss treatment options with your patient and refer them to their primary physician for continued outpatient management and non-pharmaceutical options. After some toradol in the emergency department, your patient is discharged and ambulates to the exit. So for clinical application, this is another small, poorly designed, unblinded acupuncture study with a lack of a sham control group. And using Bayesian thinking, the pretest probability that battlefield acupuncture having efficacy is very low. This means it would take a very large effect size to demonstrate clinical efficacy. And it's wrong to use the serious opioid problem to justify a therapy which has not been proven to work. What are you going to tell the patient at the bedside? Well, I'll tell them some centers are starting to use battlefield acupuncture to help people with low back pain. There's no good evidence that this works, and I don't feel comfortable recommending this treatment for your pain. It's time for the Keener Contest, and last week's winner was Dr. Gail Weisinger from Semmelweis University in Budapest, Hungary. They knew World Cup soccer star Cristiano Ronaldo agreed to pay 188 million euros in a fine for a tax evasion case. What's the question this week, Bob? Although acupuncture has been around for thousands of years, ear acupuncture has not. It's much less than a hundred. In what year was an ear acupuncture map made and by who? Well, if you know the answer to this Keener contest question, then send an email to the sgem at gmail.com with Keener in the subject line, and the first correct person will receive a cool, skeptical prize. Well, thanks, Bob, for coming back, episode number seven. But next time, we're doing something on TXA for hemorrhagic strokes. I'm excited for it. And you know what that's going to be? That's going to be season number seven. Lucky number. Yeah, it'll be your eighth appearance, but it'll be season number seven. Can't wait. That reminds me, I've got an, a special surprise for all the S-Gemmers out there between season six and season seven. So this summer, oh yes, there is going to be a fabulous, exciting thing released. I know you can't wait. I'll have to. Until then, can you give the S-Gem tagline? Remember to be skeptical of anything you learn, even if you heard it on the Skeptic's Guide to Emergency Medicine. Talk to everyone next time. Don't do it like that.